to the technical area, your weekly football manager podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Gramer, once again. Second time lucky with this recording. Recorded a Thursday night. But, um, yeah, it was probably a bit too late to be at it. There was no energy. It was very flat. So I took the decision to abandon that try and go again. And really just, you know, give a better account of myself, really, um, in, in, in this, you know, address the topic that good bit better. So, how is the beta going for you? How have you been spending your time? All going well, I hope. In general, I think the reaction from most people out there seems to be very good, seems to be very positive. A lot of good things going for the beta. Of course, there's always going to be a few things that aren't really going to plan, but look, that's always the way the beta really, isn't it? We just have to try and look past it, try and I suppose give the best feedback we can, reports, any bugs, anything that pop up, and really give SI the, the best bit of insight before full release of the game now on Tuesday. Three days to go before socialize and again if they ever got going again and yeah community becomes a place abundant with streams youtube videos vlogs you name it an exciting time really for everyone i suppose you know anybody who's new to the community welcome along in terms of the beta for me i, I only do pre-season i don't want to get too invested with teams I don't want to do succeed, you know, with a team and then midway through a season just walk away with the full release. I don't want to get involved with my main save in case features change. But really one of the big things that stood out to me, and I know a lot of people say in terms of the flow of the game just seems to be an awful lot better. I heard over on the Athletics Football Manager podcast, Ian McIntosh, I'm talking about how the match engine had been totally remastered. That since the 3D engine came into 2009, what we've seen is a 3D engine built on top of the 2D engine, where now we have a 3D match engine that's totally different, totally new, and built specifically for representing the game in 3D. So I think we can all really see the animations, the movements of the players, the graphics. There is this kind of very real feel about matches, something that hasn't exactly been there since the start. As well, I suppose the big, you know, hook, line, selling point, whatever it is, for people out there of what makes FM22 different FM21 was the data hub. Obviously, I've not played competitive matches, I've not yet seen the full use. But I know many people are seeing a lot of positives coming out of the data hub. Dictate the game had a great article, you know, how to make sense of it. It's well worth read if you haven't already. But even when it comes to the, the feedback, the post-match reviews, how the data is represented in that news article, how it's interactive, how it's represented, it's clear, concise, meaningful. And it gives a good account of, so it's that we've seen before, but showing it in a better way, in a more understandable way. And I suppose 
those steps forward by SI really do have to be commended. The game, it does seem an iterative version. We just see tweaks and growth points from FM21. In most of the you know interface, most of the gameplay, of course, tweaks will then need to be made of a lot of the new features or anything that you know try and rectify issues that existed from FM twenty one. Whether it's the potential over effectiveness of wide centre backs, I had a wide centre back last night overlapping my defensive winger, whip across into the box. That resulted in a goal. It was fantastic to see. Really channeling that uh, 2019-20 Sheffield United side with Chris Wilder. So, could this be toned down going into the real game? Potentially. It is animation tweaks, I know, may need to be changed. So, like, if you make a quick tactical change without going into the tactics screen in the middle of a match, you know, the confirm change to the top right corner just seems... Um, a very very poor place to have that even I suppose long throws and the fact that long throws goalkeepers and set pieces there does seem to be issues I am um, I tried to treat the back tactic with Liverpool Nath Phillips, Joe Matip and Virgil van Dijk and on set played for set pieces on the instructions and the three of them were phenomenal goal scorers I think they're my top goal scorers at the end of pre-season so I think little things like that just need to be tweaked and changed as um, full release does loom now and not too long away. But the excitement has grown. I know many people are feeling the same. I'm really, really, really excited now to get started with Utrecht. I did do a pre-season with them on the beta. I like how it looks. I like how it feels. I like the squad. Um, any information I'd gathered was kind of from the FM20 cycle uh, going into last season so the FM21 cycle so seeing how the squad has grown and changed in that year as well um, that really opens up something really exciting for me I suppose then the, the, the thing to get most excited about for the race as well is the, the hope for a surprise I think if you look at you know previous versions of Football Manager, especially the year where the Bundesliga became an officially licensed league, in the beta and in the build-up to the full release, I think it was FM20, we were teased about how you know the Bundesliga and the Bundesliga 2 would be coming into it. And as it was turned out, we actually got the, the third league as well. So we got the three full professional German leagues without dropping down into the regional leagues, all fully registered, fully represented and licensed in the game. So you just have to hope and wonder and think maybe is there something else that could be potentially a best size slaves before we get full release. Now I'm not saying there is, I've no information where there is and I won't be disappointed if there isn't, but every year you just have to have that little bit of wonder, could it potentially be happening? But nonetheless, by this time next week, many of you will potentially be finished your first season. Some of us will probably be only getting started on our full first uh, competitive games by this time next week. But the first season is going to be really a massive topic of conversation in the football manager community over the next week. Of course, there are people going to be waiting on the editor, so apologies if you get a little bit more delayed. But nonetheless, 
the first season is definitely something that's going to be getting a lot of conversation and discussion over the next couple of weeks. And how people approach that first season really does vary from person to person. Some may go in and evaluate the squad, give the full first full season to see what's going on there, adapt the to your the squad to your squad and adapt your squad to you as the season goes on. Or maybe you might be one of these people that goes in from the get go, tears everything down, burns everything to the ground, and starts building your empire from the ashes. Now, for me, I live by the evaluate and adapt method. That's my creed that's how i've you know changed in my football manager playing experiences really and the reason was just to go for that realism for the, to embrace the, the realistic side of things it does make that first season an awful lot more difficult you may not get success from the start it's success you want maybe it's the su success you need from the get-go but having that added realism of the squads as they are at the start of the season for me, that's just, you know, the purest, most effective way to play the game. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the other way, but for me, that is the best way. And because one of the big things I realised was when I started the game, I had so many prejudices in place. Judgments of certain players from previous versions of FM, from real life. You know, going in, having a certain idea of what I want to do and bringing my own players in from the start without giving the players at the squad a chance inhibiting the growth of young players coming through the youth setup i'd done it all before apologies now if you can hear the, the sound in the background as the dog goes through his uh his toys trying to see which one he wants to play with while i record but really i want to go into it and start a save football manager and give every player and every staff member at the club a chance to Prove themselves to show their value and then give me, you know, more and for more detailed information, more, you know, understanding of what it is I have in front of me before I make any knee-jerk reactions. I've gone in before, Yevon Konoplyanka at Schalke, never really got a proper look in because I put so much emphasis on having Luan as part of my squad. Goalkeepers I tend to be very, very fickle with, given the fact that I was in my day, a goalkeeper on my Sunday league and schoolboy teams, I tend to go in and bring my own goalkeeper into teams as soon as I start. At Wren, I tried to be patient. Well, I did start with six or, six or eight games to go that season when I took over at Wren and FM20. And as a result, the way things went, I... Yeah, I am... Um, Edward Mendy did not win, win me over, and I... That summer I brought in Alexander Schwallow. He was phenomenal in the, the two seasons I was I was at Ren. But I just have preconceptions going in and I know the best way to avoid it is preventing me. Putting the limit, putting the barrier in place that my first season is going to be one where I grow and I evaluate and I learn about the club, about the squad, about the staff that are there. So that when the first opportunities come around to make changes obviously staff changes can happen throughout the season that i'm making informed decisions based on my experiences with these players tactically these um this evolution this growth this adaptation is a mix and it's a mix of 
the strengths of the players. So it's really the formation. What who are the best players? What roles do they play? And what's the form, best formation I can get out of this? And then in terms of team instructions, it tends to be my team instructions. Very, very basic. Very, very simple. Start off with balanced and then look to make changes from this point on. Because then when I know what I figure out, I usually have an idea before I start to say for what shape it is I want to play, what style of football it is I want to play. I will then have this tactic, this formation, added to one of the three, the, more often than not, the third slot of the three tactical slots. So that way it's taking away and the background players can become familiar with it, whatever. Just having that what, ticking away in the background there so that by the time I'm ready to make the, the move from the compromised tactical setup to the one I want, I have it there ready night in the background. I've informed I've made informed decisions so I can adapt my tact my formation. So that when that tactic formation comes in, maybe in the second season, I'm in a better place. I've got the players there who can perform at the club in the best way. And if I've had to make any moves, I've made moves only where gaps have appeared. Because the thing is, when these transfer windows open, the first one in if you close the first one so the sum, first summer is closed to you and it's the mid-season transfer and first one to you. I've often found in the past that I don't get a transfer budget when I follow this so it means that really that first season becomes even more difficult by not having funds to make changes or moves in January or in the summer depending on where it is I'm playing so you then become more reliant on youth development the pathway is accelerated for these young players to make the step up into the first team. Does it always work? No. But it doesn't always work in real life either. I think of Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Coming into Liverpool in October, the first time he could make a move for players was January. We were in an awful crisis at the club at the time when it got to January. Um, he made one noticeable transfer, and that was Stephen Cocker. But if you look at the players who played in that Jurgen Klopp, um, Liverpool side of the 2015-2016 season. How many of those young players established themselves and continue to grow? And the answer is not many. So even though there are young players that may be ready to take the step up while transfer windows or funds are non-existent, they don't have to be the ones you build your empire on. Maybe it's the next player down who's the one who's going to come through and make the step up. But knowing that and having the pathway there, I feel like having the first window closed sets me up for the best way through this, for the best uh, foundations for where I want my save to go. And I know I asked the poll there last um, Tuesday, what's the plan for season one? And 81.8% of uh, respondents, voters, keep and evaluate the squad. Only 18.2% making wholesale changes. Ronaldo, I always turn off the first transfer window. It'll be option A for me. CT, saying 100%. That's the hardcore way to play the game. While on the other side, you get FM, Black Crowe, saying burn everything. And I know exactly. I've been on both sides. I see the value in both sides. It's just now my current allegiances lie with that first transfer window turned off. It's not just because I want to make the save harder or more realistic. Like I said, it's about learning. I learn more about my squad. 
I'm able to observe relationships, dynamics and tactically between players. You can see the social groups where players fit in. Look at the social hierarchy, see if movements happen based on how it is you play. Obviously, it could come back to bite you in the arse. If you manage to alienate a player who's well-respected or in with you know, the more senior players at the club, the leadership group at the club. So obviously, you have to learn to manage and cope with this. Tactically as well, we can also see the relationships that exist with those kind of FIFA Ultimate Team arrows that have made their way into the game, showing the relationships between players in certain positions, whether it's centrally or on the wings. So again, we can build a greater knowledge of our squad and how things look already from that first moment, that first start. Like I said, my first tactical shapes, it's the, the players' best roles. The best players making up an 11, that's a balanced 11. And then playing to their strengths with these roles, with this shape, and letting their player traits be, become more of a quality for them to bring out into the game. And then not just letting the players play to the strengths and you compromising. When that first transfer window is closed, when you are so limited by what it is you have in front of you, you do have to innovate, you do have to become a bit creative. And set pieces, of course, one of the greatest ways innovation can be created. Set pieces is the only way that potentially you could take a guaranteed goal from the training ground to a match situation because of the routine and the practice that has been done prior to the match. So spending that little bit of time reading, researching, trying out new set pieces, whether it's from the community or real life or something that you have created yourself. Being innovative in ways like this can be significant difference makers when it comes to that match day situation and bringing that, you know, turning up a loss potentially to a draw, a, a draw to a win. Adding up these points at the end of the season could be what sets you on an upward trajectory, which are, say, of qualifying for uh, a continental competition, solidifying your position in a league where you've just been promoted. Just spending this little bit of time just to go out and try these new things. Club Vision as well is a great place just to keep referring to back and forth. I know we do get the updates as well, so whether it's these updates, you just check in on seeing measure measuring your own successes against this month by month. Or checking in and out just to see what it is you are expected to do. Some clubs expect you to play a certain style of football. Other clubs might make, want to make sure that you want qualify for a certain competition, you finish in a particular area of the league, or that you are managing the wage bill effectively. So keep checking this because you need to be aware of where it is you can grow and where it is you need to grow from the beginning of a season to the end of the season and then from one season to the next. Evaluating your staff, taking the time out just to go through all of the staff as well is very important for determining weak points. That can then be a slow build-up to correct it, having a slow growth and increase in the staff as you have. When you assume the management position of a club in Football Manager from the outset who have a manager in place, you will inherit their backroom staff. So one of the things I tend to do in these instances is using the in-game editor 
I just go in and I terminate the contracts of these staff once I can determine that they were brought in by the previous management. So like as you know, some managers bring certain coaches around them from club to club. So in this instance I kind of just release them and I don't want to go through the whole mutual termination and paying them off. Just remove them. I know it might be a little bit of a cheat and also it might be frowning what it is I'm saying. But that way clearing out bring and then letting you bring in your own people from the start. Or, you know, just a couple of coaches that just cover the basics that fill these gaps. And then one of the best things I think you can do is change these staff during a save. That when it comes to the end of a certain staff member's contract, evaluating it and seeing can I move on from these? Is there a way up? Or do I want to evolve and move away from the certain tactical styles and preferences that these coaches may have? I think it's Alex Ferguson's 26 years at Manchester United and how his coaching staff changed from 1986 to, the, to 1996, from 1996 to 2006 and then up to 2013. We saw coaches, staff come in who've gone on to make their own way in football some to greater success than others the late walter smith spent the time as ferguson's assistant with mike Phelan, steve mclaren carlos quiraj think of all these staff members who've worked under ferguson and how ferguson's style of football changed over the course of those 26 years so that's something i think to consider as your save progresses now for a long-term save player like me who gets maybe five seasons into a game I mightn't see the effectiveness of that over the course of a save. For anyone who goes that 10 plus years into a save, I certainly think the growth points are there for you with your staff. Exploring training schedules, again, can be a key growth to the development of your squad. Shaping them in a certain tactical style, working on weaknesses, bringing out the best. And paying more attention, I think, is very, very important in these regards. I know many people out there have looked at tactical periodization, including myself in the past. And what I've done is I've created training schedules and I just export them from the game and playing. So I'm actually able to use now the training schedules I put together in FM20, in 21 and now into 22. The, the sessions themselves don't seem to have changed very much. So again, it seems to me that training has now kind of stagnated almost a little bit here. But I suppose if you go out and look at different tactical or training styles, training theories that are out there, maybe you can find a way that works for you. Because I know some people face different challenges, whether it's from the semi-professional slots, not having many available slots to you to train during a week, to the fixture congested nations, especially say South America, where you could have two, three or four games a week. And training basically becomes recover, match tactics, match preview, game, recover, match preview, so on and so forth so exploring training schedules certainly in your first season and see how you can use them to, and shape them into developing your tactical style across the season as well growing scouting knowledge in that first season is always vital as well we always know to hire scouts with good knowledge of south america scandinavia Korea as well has often been a hotbed of talent, of regen or new gen talent in the past. So growing your scouting knowledge, understanding where your focuses need to go, where they should go, and then finding the best people to bring it in. 
So not just looking at the attributes of judging players' ability and potential and adaptability, but look at their scouting knowledge as well and see how this can add into your club. Even setting up affiliate links can also boost this. So if you are a small club, finding an affiliate link can boost your scouting knowledge as well as boosting your finances and access to better calibre of young players than it would be possible for you at your club at the moment as well. Increased presence of data, data, whatever way it is you want to say it, in Football Manager over the last couple of years has now come to a head with the Data Hub making its way in as its own section of the interface, having its own menu and its own suite of information available to us. This data will provide us with new ways of understanding what our squads do, what our squads can do, and as well, we can apply this data, this data, to finding out information about new players coming in. If you look at the increased presence of data analysts in Football Manager, if you look at the increased presence of data analysts in real life football, you see it now even on your match, one match of the day or watching games in BT or Sky, XG has now found its way into um, match, in, match discussions, passes per defensive movement passes pressing areas you know expected threat expected assists we are now understanding that data can be used in more ways than what it is we've been using it before to get a greater understanding of what goes on on a pitch so going in and looking at the stats on the player search menu i know many people won't go into player search and search for players blindly they'll stick with the scouted players but i suppose the one way I allow myself to do it is to look at stats. I have created my own little stats um, screen for when I'm looking at players. So when I when I look at players, I look at the stats that I've chosen, the ones that are important to me. And I feel that it isn't an issue looking at the stats of players from all across the world under the player search screen here. Because that information is accessible to every club across the world now. We can get stats on every player on the planet now, whether it's tools like Y Scout or FEF or more. The stats are out there. So why not access them and use them? And then potentially, then when you find a player there, send the scouts before you make your decision to purchase. Because you see, being innovative and creative like this during a first season, you develop habits, develop routines. That can be a sustainable way of continuing your growth and success through the football manager save. Whether it's a short term one season save or you are looking long term into the future of 10, 20, 30 seasons. We can open our eyes wider on these closed seasons than we would previously. We can see things that we wouldn't normally see. We can go past what first impressions can be made. Now just before I finish up, thank you for listening. Thank you for getting involved on the polls. More will be out next week as we look into next week's episode as well. I do owe you an episode from last week, so a second episode will fit that in somewhere else as well. Get involved on the votes. Get involved adding extra comments in. Voice messages, I'll put a link down below, can be sent into the pod. Add your voice to what's being said here. Emails, you can send in emails as well. Links we found down below. Get involved, plug your save, share what you're reading, share anything, 
pod is open, pod is yours. But until the excitement of Tuesday abates, is it ever going to abate really? But until the excitement of Tuesday comes and we talk again next week, stay safe and we'll talk soon. Bye now. Thank you.